This is In Search of Tracks podcast. We listen to music so that you don't have to. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. How you doing, Bob? You know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm <laughs> feeling good, uh, feeling loose, kind of like excited for this episode specifically. But but yeah, no, everything's everything's good. It's warm weather. Um, have you been able to enjoy the warm weather yet? I have. Um, it was punishingly hot the other day. Oh, yeah. Oh, which yeah. I, I kind of liked it in a way just because I hadn't experienced it yet. Um, but... I'm looking forward to beach days. I haven't jumped in the ocean yet, and that's a big uh, first for me every year. So, so we'll see when that happens. That's right. That's right. I um, I was at the beach both days this past weekend. It was punishing hot. Um, the water was frigid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it still felt really nice. It, it's kind of like uh, I went. I actually went in the ocean three weeks ago. And it felt less cold because it was cooler. So there was less of that kind of, hey, it's 95. I couldn't believe how hot it was. It was 95. So here's where everybody gets to hear the the local weather here at the Jersey Shore. <laughs> so uh, chime time, uh, Jersey Shore weather report here. Um, I'm but, actually, I'm going to Martha's Vineyard um, oh, this weekend. That's and awesome. And I'm going to jump in the ocean just because I have to. Have to, but it's cold water up there, buddy. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cold first because at the time of recording, this is uh, late May. So yeah, buddy. Yo, um, when do you leave? I leave on next Thursday, so early okay, June. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay, not bad, not bad. Um, be careful that traffic. We've been deceived for the past year. Traffic is back. Traffic is all the way back, so plan accordingly. Yeah, no, we will. Actually, the idea, the fact that I'm going up there actually just brought something to mind. Um, <laughs> if you don't follow us on social, um, yes. you should follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TraxPod, and you should mm. email us at TraxPod at gmail.com. TraxPod but, at gmail.com, yeah. But one of our um, mutual friends of the pod, Andrew Jackmaw, Oh, shout uh, out. Wrote us about the Nuggets episode that we did. And we mentioned the Standells song, um, Dirty Water, yep. which is about um, Boston. And very Boston, yep. Very Boston song used at Boston sports events, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did you know that the Standells are not from Boston? No, where are they from? Like uh, Worcester or something? No, they're from Los Angeles. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and he hit me up, it. and he was just like, "Dude, you know that they are just not a Boston band, right?" And I was like, mm. "Only a Boston guy would point that out to me." But that's yeah. very true. They're not from Boston. They're from Newton. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yo, shout out to that. I, Pete, in 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 terms of uh, New Jersey to New England travels, I have to go to a wedding uh, an hour northwest of Portland, Maine. On Fourth wow. of July weekend, uh, so I am, and, and I will uh, be leaving my family behind. I am going to drive up solo. Wow! Probably leaving on Thursday night late, and just doing like the hey, I'm going to leave late. Veer out of. I might go all the way up to upstate New York, and then drive across Vermont, New Hampshire, to avoid all the I ninety five traffic. How about that? Wow! I'm just like. Uh, it just kind of came to my attention that the wedding was 
July 3rd, even though I RSVP'd weeks and weeks ago and have known about it for months and months. And like, finally, it was like, oh, July 3rd, uh, 4th of July weekend, right? So, uh, so yeah, I am um, not looking, I'm looking forward to the wedding greatly. I'm excited for it. But boy, that drive. All right. So, is this friends or family? Family. Okay. Family, but like good family, like the family you love, kind of. Yeah, family, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Not, not the like ancillary family. This is like, this is like key family. You love them, want to be there for them. And so that's, I'm like, that's why you're willing to make the trip. Willing yeah. to make the trip. I'm going to drive. I'm going to leave. Uh, we'll see how late I stay on Saturday night. But I'm planning to leave Saturday night um, and do like overnight drive style, like yeah. to get home because I don't want to, I don't want to do any daytime driving 4th of July weekend. It's funny you bring that up because I have a wedding situation that I was actually going to bring up on the pod, but Ooh. I'm considering I RSVP'd. Okay. I'm considering dropping it because <gasps> something else came up Okay, and, I, and I've never done that. It feels so lame to do that. Yeah. Okay. Is it friends or family? Let's call it friends. Okay. 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 Let's 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 keep it there. Um, the other event, something important. Clearly, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a good out. Like, oh yeah. yes, of course, it's super very, important. Very important. Well, then you can you know really you could make an argument that it's just important for you to be there and you got to do what you got to do. See Yo. this 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 band called Dead Guy is oh. is playing a show. <laughs> Are you talking about the Decibel show? I am. Yeah. Oh, wow. Shout out. Yeah. You need to see that uh, fixation on a coworker set. I love Napalm Death. Okay. I love Converge. Okay. Yes. I, I love that. Dead Guy. I love yep. Blood Incantation. I love mm-hmm. Immolation. Um, I will totally watch Pig Destroyer. Yeah. So this it, is like, yeah, they're hitting a lot. I want to see Eternal Champion who's playing that show. Okay. Anybody who's missing this, we're talking about the Decibel Magazine Metal and Beer Fest uh, being held in September 2021. Philadelphia. Um, in Philadelphia at a good venue. I actually think the sound there is really good. Um, I can't speak to the venue, other stuff, but uh, but it's got good sound. That matters. Um, I like Midnight. I like Midnight too, yeah. Yeah, this is a pretty good lineup. All right, well, let's talk about it. I, I can give you a good excuse, you know? We'll figure okay. it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe next episode we'll figure it out together. <laughs> well, it is. You know what, man? We're in the uh, the post-COVID kind of world, um, and I, I, I might even venture to call that a brave new world. Ho! <laughs> Segway! <laughs> Hard pivot. Let's do yeah. it. Um. So today we're talking about Iron Maiden's album, Brave New World, came out in 2000. Um, so this one um, came from a, an Instagram poll that we did, which, mm-hmm. you know, I encourage everybody to listen to or sorry, follow us on social, on Instagram and Twitter, because we put a lot of this stuff out there. And, you know, the idea here is it's much more about your guys feedback um, than it is about anything we have to say. So yeah, we get yeah, good we, interaction. But if you are following us at TraxPod, we get even better. So so do it to a- it. Absolutely. So we put three albums up for a vote. Um, they were kind of heavy metal band reunion albums. Good um, way to broadly define. Yeah. Yeah. The first was this album, Iron Maiden: Brave New World, which was the first record with uh, Bruce Dickinson. Uh, the singer and Adrian Smith 
playing guitar um, mm-hmm. back in the band after a while. The second was the Judas Priest album, Angel of Retribution, which came mm. out in 2005. Mm. Um, and that was the return of Rob Halford. And then the third was the Black Sabbath album called 13, which marked the return of um, Ozzy. Right. So those three Ma- went up. Maiden one. Maiden one. Interesting um, that they, I'm not surprised that they did. And I think this might be the, this might be the best of the three and also the most like, Hey, this is the best simulacra of the band that we once knew. Yeah. I mean, not even a close second on, on that vote. And, uh, yeah, I think so. and I think you're right. I mean, this is the one of those three that I think actually contributed immensely to their legacy in this way that the other two didn't um, angel of Rep- retribution, the Judas priest record. I've never heard. Um, and oh. black Sabbath 13. I remember I listened to it once when it came out and was like, this is fine. Cool. I think, I think the best part of black Sabbath 13 is that it inspired me to know about black Sabbath tire uh, and hope that we will someday do that record because it feels like such an abomination. How um, in the hell did Tyre pass you by, Bob? I don't know, man. I don't know. Tyre, <laughs> T-Y-R. Anybody who is not familiar, I think it's the 1990 Black Sabbath record. Um, yeah, yeah, 1990. Um, pretty fucking insane. Uh, Non-essential. We- very non-essential <laughs> but is it like we'll have to find out we'll have to do a comparison to other bands 15th studio albums <laughs> right. like how many bands are there that have 15 studio albums jesus christ i um, mean iron maiden or one of them you're not wrong you're not wrong because this record is the do you know it uh, i'm gonna guess, guess 12 exactly good job wow holy shit 12 studio album you might be more of a maiden fan than you know um let's let's do this the way we do most of the time uh wow (laughs) people who are unfamiliar (laughs) pete can you give a brief bio on iron maiden so because somebody out there who's listening to tracks pod doesn't know who iron maiden is geez i mean okay so english heavy metal band yeah english heavy metal band uh they formed in 1975 um steve harris is the primary member um he's i think is the only original member although there are guys like dave murray who have been in the band for most of the time and bruce dickinson who are synonymous with the golden era of the band yeah for sure um if you've ever heard of the new wave of British heavy metal, they're kind of one of the the, the forefathers of that whole thing. Yep. Um, you've probably heard the song Number of the Beast um, or Running Free mm-hmm. um, or uh, Bob, any other mega hits that I'm missing? Uh, those are the run, those, run to the hills. Run to the hills. Yeah. Run to the hills is the mega mega hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, those are the big ones. So yeah, metal band, although it's funny I say metal band. Um Two Minutes I, Midnight? That's a pretty big one. Uh yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that in the top Trooper? echelon. Trooper. Trooper's a big one. Yeah. 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 Um I I played Maiden for my wife not too long ago and she was like, This is what Iron Maiden sound like? I thought they'd be much heavier. So like so yeah, <laughs> I mean like like when when you say heavy metal band, like maybe different things come to mind for different people, but but I mean they're 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 fairly unique amongst, you know, these types of bands, I guess. 
but they've been around forever. Um, they still put on a killer live show. They still fucking sell out huge venues. Um, they're still very active. Um, still putting out records that, in my opinion, have tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, noteworthy band and uh i don't know a band yeah, I that, mean, uh, one of the one of the ultimate definers of the genre yeah by 100%. all definitions um yeah. let's you've give seen our own the logo you've seen the logo you've seen eddie you've seen right? eddie yep. yeah um okay so my familiarity with iron maiden a uh, couple metalheads who were i was friends with in middle school and high school were into them uh, I remember hearing them. They were all right. Uh, ended up working at a screen printing shop when I was already very into hardcore. And shout out to my my friend and somebody who's always done me right, Jeff D'Agostino, uh, who was a gigantic Iron Maiden fan of the classic era. Um, had a, I believe, was it a giant Power Slave poster? It was just an awesome looking Iron Maiden poster. Like one of those five foot by four foot posters you know like just massive yeah um yeah power slave is a great cover yeah i'm pretty sure it was power slave um but it was just awesome and if i'm wrong jeff i'm sorry uh but um would listen to them there good screen printing shop music um but was rarely putting them on myself later on i was like oh yeah this is a cool this is a cool band oh no you know what it was no, it was Power Slave. Okay. I thought it might have been somewhere in time, but it's not. Yeah, it was yeah. Power Slave. Um, never heard this record before, um, but I probably, you know, like self-titled Killers, Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in Time, familiar. <laughs> um, okay. After you at least that, I hit off of each record. Oh, oh, yeah. And have listened to those records, like have independently put those on, have purchase seat so here's a funny thing that happened when you're of a certain age when tower records was going out of business and i was living in california they had some pretty good discounts and i just remember scooping up the iron maiden cds because they were nice relatively cheap and i was like all right let me grab these um so these are i I owned killers i own number of the beast i definitely owned peace of mind um you know like these are cool records i never gave brave new world a shot because i wasn't sure what the Bruce Dickinson return record was. And I had no interest in the, uh, what is it? Blaze records had no interest in yep. those. So, okay. What Fair. was your Iron Maiden personal, personal journey? Personal so journey do do Maiden. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I'll try to keep this brief. Um, I love Iron Maiden. They're like one of my favorite bands of all time. I know their discography back and forth. So I'm not going to even pretend that that's not the case going into this. Um, But how I got into them, I think it was the toy machine um, skate video. um, Welcome to hell. Um, The skateboarder, Jamie Thomas, his section had the song hollered be thy name um, on it. And I heard that song and I loved that song. And then I, you know, kind of looked for other Maiden songs because at the time there was no YouTube and there was none of this stuff that I could just look Maiden up. I had to kind of do my own homework. And I was like, oh, Number of the Beast, I've heard that song. So I then went to the record store. I found a copy of Number of the Beast. I bought it just kind of on a whim, knowing that I liked Hollywood by that name. And honestly, it like changed the game for me. Um, I was into punk. I was into hardcore kind of firmly at the time. 
And that record kind of opened the doors in a way for me because I was like, I, you know, you would, I would see the Maiden cover album or the, the covers of the Maiden albums. Oh yeah. And kind of think they were, I mean, they were iconic, but they were like, I thought they were kind of corny. I was like, this is like metal, metal stuff that I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'm into it. Uh, number of the beast totally changed that for me. Um, and then at the time too, there was a, a record store near us in Red Bank, New Jersey called Black Hat mm-hmm. Records. I talked to the owner of that store, um, Ari, about it. And he was like, oh, dude, you have to get peace of mind. So I just kind of had all these different parts of my life just being like pointing to this band. And once I went in, I just, I went in so deep where I went, you know, I started from the beginning. I got Killers. I got the self-titled album. And then I went way deeper than is even advisable really. Um, and just, and just, and just listen to all of the records because every time I would take a step further, whether it was like, you know, people were like, you have to stop after live after death. And I would be like, I don't know. I'm going to get somewhere, somewhere in time. And I loved somewhere in time. And then yeah. I got seven son and I loved it. And then I got no prayer for the dying. And I was like, there's this is weak, but it has tracks. And then I just, I kept going. But basically, I was like in the midst of all of this discovery when this record came out, or I guess yep. a, a year right or two around, maybe right, before sure. it came out. But when it was announced, I was like, all right, hold up. So Maiden are touring. They're playing New Jersey with this lineup with Bruce Dickinson singing, and they have this new record coming out. So I bought this record the day that it came out in Jack at Jack's Music in uh, in Red Bank, New Jersey. Shout out Jack's. And uh, that's that's the deal. That was Been it. A fan ever in. since. So yeah. So here we go. <laughs> well, um Why are we talking about this record? Let's give it some context. So, like we said, um, Blaze Bailey um, was the singer of Iron Maiden when Bruce Dickinson quit the band. I think he quit in 1993, and mm-hmm. then they did they did two records. Um, uh, they were called The X Factor and Virtual Eleven were the two albums that he sang on. Yes. And, you know, it's funny, like I've looked at flyers and like just show listings during that era and they were playing like really small venues. Like they, I think on the X Factor tour, they played at the Birch Hill in New Jersey. Oh, wow. 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 Which which holds like what, Bob? Like maybe a thousand people? Maybe a thousand people. Maybe. Like you're squeezing a thousand. I think it might have been like an 800. No, maybe it was a thousand cap. Yeah. Yeah. So like small places for a band of this caliber at the time, which, you know, I mean, the 90s were a weird time for kind of heavy metal music in general. 
But the reason that this record was a big deal is because um, not only was it the return of Bruce Dickinson, who was the um, not the original singer, the second singer, but the the most renowned singer I think the band has ever had. Yes. Um, but it was also Adrian Smith, who was the guitar player for most of the band's history. Um, he came back as well, who he quit, I think, in 1990. So although I think most people are interested in Bruce Dickinson coming back, it was kind of this this big thing if you were at all interested in Iron Maiden. And as a result, um, they were playing bigger venues and they it kind of just it breathed new life into this band who, for all intents and purposes, may have kind of just withered on the vine had something like this not happened. So since then, they've had a really kind of energized career that has not stopped. Um and this record is kind of firmly the reason that that kind of second era of Iron Maiden happened. So it's it's worth a discussion. I I think yes. I I think even the biggest hater of this this record would have to say this was a return to form. Yeah. And yes, it has to be. Um, is it still relevant? I'll answer, and then I'd like you to. Yeah, it is it's it's if you're an Iron Maiden fan, my immediate go-to is this is Bruce Dickinson classic lineup type Iron Maiden as you mentioned, he's he's the second singer, but you know, he's classic lineup. Yeah. Um and if you like that material, you'll find something here for you. Um the other stuff we can get into. Let's let's break it down. Pete, do you like Love Somewhere in Between, Somewhere Below, Brave New World? So a recurring theme on the pod is listening to records that you love and realizing that you don't love them. <laughs> if you yes. asked me before I listened to, if, if you asked me before I listened to this, I would say I fucking love that album. And frankly, if you ask me just in general conversation, I'll probably be like, yeah, great album. Um it's got like five tracks, but like it's oh, good. Interesting. Good. It's good, good. Okay. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's it's if you're a maiden, listen, if you're a maiden fan. It's worth your time. Um, if you are not a Maiden fan, this is not going to sell you. Bob, what do you think of this record? Well, Pete, <laughs> I got a problem. See, the problem is I like aggressive music. <laughs> I got into punk and hardcore music through grunge, through some of the harder side of things, you know, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, etc. Yeah. Um, we talked about Napalm Death. I like Napalm Death. I like really stuff that's like abrasive and hard. Yeah. I like metal. I like hard metal. Like I like yeah. I like aggressive dark Iron Maiden is metal. <laughs> but it's not my metal. Um no, yo, it's it's a real interesting question for me. Iron Maiden is good. Is Iron Maiden closer to Motley Crue or closer to Slayer? Sonically. Are you asking? I'm asking. I mean, definitely Motley Crue. Right. And, you know, this isn't a diss. The first Motley, I think maybe the first two Motley Crue records are pretty good. Like, I'll go deeper than that, but yeah. <laughs> well, well, and, and like in a way that I'd say, yo, they're, they're like, 
people who who would claim to be just into credible metal oh, like should should really rep those early Molly Crew records. But anyways, yeah. um, I like Iron Maiden. I don't love them. And this is a reasonable facsimile of the best Iron Maiden material. Um, it's pretty competent. Um, it's good. When I go into Maiden, though, <clears throat> I do this with certain punk bands that I like, different hardcore bands, you know, things that I really love. Sometimes in my head, the music's like sped up a half beat or it's just a little bit harder. It's like the <laughs> it's like the exaggeration. It's the hyperbole that you build up when you haven't listened to something, but it's in your head and you're like, I love this. And you're, you're basically putting it on steroids, right? Yeah. Brave New World was a reminder to me that I really like Iron Maiden, but but sometimes you need it, it could really use a, a jolt of of steroids. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I agree with you almost exactly. I think there's about four or five songs on this record that are good, like tracks, and then the rest I grouped into different ca- categories that we can discuss when we get into the track by track. Um, well, let me let me tease it. I grouped the whole record into three categories with one outlier. Okay. Big chant choruses. Okay. Classic maiden or trying for. And then Ren Fair Metal. As in <laughs> Renaissance Fair Metal. Um so we'll and then one outlying song, and we'll we'll kind of break that all down. But <clears throat> um, that sounds right. In general. I think this is a cool record. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. Um, I I think going in, I really, I didn't expect it to be bad in any way. I, I thought it would be ca- capable, p- certainly capable. And I think it truly is that. Um, yeah. I mean, they're undeniably capable. Yeah. And, and I think this is a record that the, the most diehard of diehard Iron Maiden fan can't deny like you you'd have to almost like you can certainly put it aside and be like eh, it's okay like it's not great but i'm not i'm not going to be mad at it whereas there's other records in their catalog you could certainly be like oh get rid of it you know so yeah. um so yeah I, I very capable very for for if you were like hey this this heavy metal band from 1975 did like five or six, four or five like straight classics, some others that some people really like, others are mixed on. Um, this is the reunion record from 2000. Do you think it'd be good or bad? I would say bad, and I'd be very wrong. This is a good record. Well put. Yeah. Okay. Because all signs would point to bad. Right. And um, why wasn't it? Why do you think it wasn't? Like, that's a good question. I I, I, I really think it has to do with the the... I don't know the fact that they never got that bad. Um, but I'm also a deep maiden fan. Like you are a deep maiden fan. Dude, not, I I'm forgot. The, I just had a flash of you at 19 wearing sunglasses and a sleeveless iron maiden shirt. Yeah. I mean, I, once I found this band, I was in, but, but <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not going to go super deep here, but like, yo, virtual 11, which is the record before this with Blaze yes. Bailey on vocals. Yes. Part of the reason the Blaze Bailey era gets a bad rap is because Blaze Bailey was singing. Um, the songs themselves, if you like Iron Maiden, there's something there for you. And in fact, if you like Brave New Worlds, there's even more there for you on that record in particular because 
a lot of the songs on Brave New World were written during the time of Virtual Eleven. So like, it's all kind of the same thing. I mean, Steve Harris, you know, he definitely had weaker moments, but they never really lost their vision, if you ask me. So I don't know. I mean, if I, I think if this record came out and Blaze Bailey was on vocals, it obviously would not get as much attention, but um, it's not far off. It's not too far off from Virtual Eleven. Okay, are you telling me the Blaze Bailey records are good? Yes. Whoa! Oh my god! Oh, wow! So they have tracks, is what I'm saying. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I shouldn't have written them off, dude. The Klansman from Virg- from uh, from X Factor, fucking track, dude. <laughs> Okay, uh, if you, let's say it's, uh, you have a time machine, <laughs> and you have unlimited trips, would you go to Birch Hill and see them with Blaze? 100%. 100%, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I, and you're I actually... In. You're just like, fuck it, this is great. I mean, but I'll, I'll take that a step further. I've gone and seen bands that I like in their weakest moments only because I knew that it would like be their weakest moment because I, I just, I think it's interesting to kind of have that perspective on a band where it's like, man, they're playing like that dive bar. Like what? Like how far the mighty have fallen? Like, I just, I think that shit is interesting. So I don't know. Yo. All right. Well, I'm, I'm all right. Maybe virtual 11 is on our, future list here um as we do we we slowly pivot into an iron maiden podcast um yeah. okay so i think you're not wrong though like music tire episode yeah the tire jesus uh, um iron maiden feels like they found a formula stuck with it largely did it well but then you have the added factor of return of bruce dickinson so that ups the stakes and yeah. re- return of adrian smith who i think ups the stakes in a like hey I want to kind of hit a certain style or tone that we had in the classic era. Yeah. I mean, and, and here's the thing about the Adrian Smith thing. Like, was that a selling point? I don't think so. I don't think so. In, no, anyway, Bruce Dickinson like, is a selling point. Yeah. Nobody cares, but like, but I mean, deep maiden fans care, but I will say that the fact that there are three guitar players on this album, um, yeah. because Yannick Gers, who was the guy that replaced, uh, Adrian Smith, when he left, stayed in. Is, is he stayed in, and he's super competent, and he kind of has a different mm-hmm. style than Adrian Smith, and yes. I think that um, those things complement each other. So I, th- I think, although it wasn't a selling point to have Adrian Smith on the record, I think it actually contributed immensely. That's my feelings. Is I think that there's like a there's a sonic nature to some of those things where if you bring someone back who is on the classic records, they're going to want to push for that. And maybe there's an internal like, Hey, let's go for this. But um, let's before I want to do track by track, but this record is super competent. Duh, obviously, but there's a lot going on. Um, there's some of the like more operatic maiden, more melodic, more Ren fair stuff that, I'm here or there on that I'm not offended by, but they actually do so much cool guitar stuff that I think is just classic metal, like yeah. crunchiness, some of the sharper stuff that they do that I think could be pulled off this record and applied other ways. Um, 
and it's a reminder that despite the fact that I'm saying like Iron Maiden's not aggressive enough for me, like I'm pulling that back in. I'm being a little bit uh, hyperbolic myself. Um, they do lots of cool stuff on this record. Stuff that when you go, oh, this is a band who this is their 25th year and they're doing this record. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like it, it, this record is hurt because it, it it pales in comparison to their classic records, but compared to other stuff, it's pretty good. Yeah, is that fair? I think it's fair. All right. Do you want to go track by track? Do you have any? If you ask me, there's not a bad Maiden record, so I'm I love I'm it. You're the, the wrong person to ask. I, I love I love how deep Maiden you are. I, I would <laughs> if I remembered before, I would have gone even harder. Yeah. Um, Okay, do you want to go track by track or any other big picture stuff that you want to talk about first? Uh, no, I think we're good. Let's go track by Let's track. Let's track by track. All right. Uh, I think the first song is Wicker Man. So the Wicker Man um, is a classic Iron Maiden track at this point. Um, yes. I think it's 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 been on and off their set list ever since. Um, it is super catchy um it kind of has that old school maiden feel of just like it the the chorus is so strong yes um it's also based on a movie um the movie the wicker man obviously um which is kind of a regular iron maiden trope where they just kind of take from a work of fiction whether it be like literature or film and just make a song about it um it's like perfectly maiden perfectly maiden uh keeper right like super to- keeper total super keeper yeah uh, this fell under both classic maiden and big chant chorus so something that i have <laughs> noted that that lots of bands do when they do reunion records but they've continued to be touring is this like yeah we want to write songs that when we play in front of large you know festival crowds that if it's a newer song it's something that the entire crowd can pick up and chant and yep. this song absolutely has that. Um, so yeah, this one, great song. Best song on the record? Maybe not, but it's close. Close, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the only thing on this track that makes it feel a little bit more contemporary in terms of Maiden is like uh, Nico McBrain is using the double kick yes. on the on the chorus, which like that's not a typical Maiden thing. And for me, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, interesting. All right. Okay. Um, and it's also short for a Maiden song. It's like four and a half minutes. So yes, that's, that's kind of noteworthy. But it feels really appropriate. It feels like they the pace is like really well done on this song. Um, next song is Ghost of the Navigator. Swing 
I think this song is great. Um, I think it's a really good second track to an album. Um, it feels really heavy for Maiden. It, it, yep. it feels like it might be the heaviest song on the album, actually. Um, yeah, I really that's a good li- question. I, re- I, I think it is. I really like it, yeah. Okay, this song I file under trying for classic Maiden. Um, and I think it's a keeper. It's not my favorite song on the record, um, but I think it bridges between... I think it's a great second track because I think Wicker Man's so strong and then the next song I think is also very strong, um, which is the title track, but yep. but it does a good job of bridging it. It's a little long, but this is Iron Maiden, so it's not even in the top five longest songs on the record. <laughs> Yeah, and what's and that? Maybe it's, it's seven th- minutes almost. It's like it's so just for everybody's notice. When when you, next time you hear Pete say a record's too long, remember he's a maiden head, and this record <laughs> has song lengths: four thirty five, six fifty, six eighteen, seven fourteen, four forty two. Woof, barn burner, nine twenty one, four minutes. That's like their power violence song. Nine oh six, six twenty five, and eight twenty six. For a total of 67 minutes. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, some records are too long and some records aren't. Um, We're all hypocrites in our own way, Bob. <laughs> well, yo, stamp me right here. Yeah. Um, Ghost of the Navigator. Uh, good song. Y- you make a good point. It is on the heavier side for a Maiden song. I mean, and just, I feel like I downplayed it. This is definitely a keeper for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next track, Brave New World. Um. This song is awesome. Um, I love the guitar leads on this. I mean, if if Maiden are good for anything, it's guitar leads. Um, and I feel like this is the first of the tracks on the album that like really showcase the fact that this band has three guitar players. Um, it just sounds awesome. It sounds like unlike other bands doing similar things. Um, that being said like Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, again, mm-hmm. they just kind of took a book and wrote a song about it. I oh, think yeah. the the lyrics on the chorus are kind of weak, like in a brave new world, a brave new world. In like a it's brave just, new world. Yeah, it's it's like okay, that's cool. Um but I mean, you know, overall I actually I really like this track. Made my favorite song on the record. It's yeah, uh, yeah it's up there. Yeah, it's uh it's a title track and I think this is the right this when you're three songs into this record you're like, "Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, this is a this is a goddamn Iron Maiden record. Like there's no 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 two bones about it and it feels at this point in the record I'm like, "Man, this on my first listen I'm like, "Man, is this do I put this right there with the classics cuz it's kind of got that feel and I'm like maybe it's not it's a tick below, but I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm in. So this is definitely a keeper. It's my favorite song on the record. Yeah, I mean it and, keeps and that this it, one is a uh, big chant chorus, 100%. Big chant. I mean it and it keeps the energy going, which is the thing. <sighs> no no question at all. All right, uh the next song is Blood Brothers. So Blood Brothers is, I think, probably the second most, um, what should I say? I mean, it's, it's, it's the song that has the most longevity from this era, aside from The Wicker Man. 
mm-hmm. where where if they if they play a song from this album now, it's going to be either The Wicker Man or Blood Brothers. Um, Interesting. Okay. This song is big, big, big sing along. Um, it is, but it's not quite a big chant chorus to me. Um, the intro and even some of the singer parts place this into the Ren Fair metal category for me. I can see that. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but it's still like, let me be clear. This yeah. one's still a keeper. Keeper. It's, it's close. Build, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, this is like lighters in the air. Like, um, what's the word? Like the, uh, ballad like the ballad yeah, yeah this is this is the ballad of the album if, there, so, if, there, if there's an if there's a ballad song it's this well, well, there's a few more by the way uh <laughs> this was where i was like this is a ballad but is there a better more on the nose and i felt like ren fair hit it because there's just that kind of folk metal is a, a whole thing and i don't think it hits that but it's it's got a bit of that whimsy where you could see people prancing to this <laughs> And like, um, see, see, here's the thing. This is where it's a problem for me that I'm a huge Maiden fan <laughs> because when you say Ren Fair, I think of different eras that are so much more Ren Fair. I mean, this. I I know that they exist. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, the record that comes after this, listen to the song "Dance of Death." It's just full on Ren Fair. It's it's it is more Ren Fair than you can even imagine. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're talking about this. I might cut Blood Brothers from my record just because I'm I, I Ren Fair metal. I got to be in the right mood, and I haven't been in the right mood for a while. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Well, Blood Brothers is on the hit list. We'll, we'll see. Let's see if I keep it or not. Is it a keeper for you? Fair enough. I'm, I'm keeping Blood Brothers. Okay. I like this song. All right. um, that being said, it's it. I mean, it's it's really the first Maiden song that I feel like there's any sort of orchestral. Like there's there's an actual orchestra behind the whole thing on yes. this, and uh, I think that was a fairly new thing. It's 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 a big song. I think it's cool. It was like a production choice that they hadn't really experimented with yet, um, and I feel like this song has stood the test of time, and people still like it when you see them live. One quick thing that I have to say, mm. um, I saw them maybe three years ago, so it was firmly during the Trump era. Mm. Um, in Brooklyn and I was up in the nosebleeds and they are kind of a band who never get political about anything. They'll play every country. They will, you know, there's no, no political, nothing anywhere at any time. That's right. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably by design and that's fine. It it is what it is, but like, um, Basically, Bruce Dickinson went on this thing about, you know, everybody's so divided nowadays, um, you know, but we're all here in this room and we're here for heavy metal. And, you know, we're all here looking out for one another, regardless of politics and regardless of everything else going on in the world. This song's called Blood Brothers, you know, Uh and there's a big there's a big cheer from the crowd. Everyone's psyched. And the dude in front of me is just like, I don't know why this guy's got to get all fucking political all of a sudden. What? <laughs> wow. And I wow. still think about that. I just thought that was so funny. Uh, man, some people just need to chill out. 
That's you what know? I gotta say. I, I mean, what did he think when the person frolicked behind him with uh, <laughs> a, a flower ring in their hair? Um, right. Yeah. All right. Exactly. All right. Let's let's keep it moving. The mercenary. <laughs> the mercenary. Um, the mercenary falls under the category of trying for classic maiden. Um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, bit of a burn barner at four forty two. But it's not super memorable. Like I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like this one wasn't a keeper in the set. Is that right? Not a keeper. I don't even think they played this on the Brave New World tour. Yeah. It, it's 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 a try for it. I'm not I'm not against it. But you know what? If it wasn't good enough for them to play, not a good not good enough for me to keep on this record. Yeah. Um. This is actually one of the few hard cuts that I have. Um. And this is where, like, here's the thing. I'll take. I'm I'm just like an unapologetic fan, as I mentioned. I'll listen to every Maiden record and I'll find something there. But if I'm being hard about it and I'm being honest, like there's always cut tracks um, yeah. on most of their records. And this for this record specifically, the Mercenary is where this record starts starts to lull. Yes, um, there are kind of a few kind of weaker tracks that fall here. And the mercenary kicks it off. Like you said, it's short. Um, the energy is there, but there's really nothing memorable about it. Um, so I'm going to cut it. Um, yes, no question. Uh, this is where the record starts to decline, is the way I'll put it. Um, which is to say, the next song is Dream of Mirrors. So this song is a cool nine minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, there are elements of classic maiden in the song. Uh, I didn't hate it, but it started to drag. It pulls back in and out. like, it doesn't lose me for, for the longest song on the record. It doesn't totally lose me, but I also don't care. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the intro itself takes about three and a half minutes. Yes, yes, <laughs> which is which is difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, this this is a cut track too. Um, I really like. There's a part about halfway through where they they speed it up. It 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 kind of gets double time. Yeah. Um, and that's that's cool. Like, there's the thing about like the bad songs on this is like there's still energy there. Um. It's just it doesn't it doesn't really hold your attention and there's nothing really to grab onto. It's not a song that you're going to come back to. I really, let's uh, just check my notes on this. The, the thing I really like on this is the Dickinson's vocals are at full play here. Like yeah, the very beginning that do do la da 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 like it it works Have really well. Have you ever well. felt? Okay. Yeah, like I'm yeah. Did you miss the past? Wow, you're in. You're really in. Yeah, uh, this might be the song I keep on the back end of the record. I don't know. Uh, let's. I, I'm putting a pin on this. I'm putting a pin on this song and making my call at the end. Um, but let's move to one, The Fallen Angel. Could it be it's the end of 
Alright. This one is so weird for me, and I'll tell you why. It's like a hard cut for me. Oh, wow, okay. But... How do I put this? Bob, do you have any songs <laughs> that just like... Regardless of whether you've listened to them or not in recent memory... Like they just come into your head all of a sudden. Like they're kind of perpetually stuck oh, in your head. Oh yes, very much so. Yes. This song has been stuck in my head for 21 years, <laughs> and I and I and I don't even I don't even like it that much. But yeah. like, it comes back to me regularly. Um, specific drum fills, like yes. specific parts of the chorus, like just there are elements of this song that I am like it's regularly stuck in my head, and I don't even like it that much. This one I'm not offended by. I feel like this is like potentially classic-ish Maiden. maiden. Um, but nothing that sticks. The drumming on this one's really fun. Like I, it's not surprising to me that you mentioned the drum fills. There's just a lot going on in this song, more so than certainly more so than Dream of Mirrors, and certainly more so than any of the other songs on the back end of this record. Yeah. So you think you hate this song, but you do have it in your head for the past 21 years. I mean, hate is strong. Okay, but you like think you don't like it. It's just, it's like, I never, even if you asked me when I like had the record for two months and was like only listening to this record, I would not have said that this was like even close to my favorite songs on this record. Yeah, man. I think... I think you need to sort that out. This is a weird one. Um, I need to see a shrink about this. I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is deeper say, than just like so. Maiden. So, Pete, why did you come to see me? Well, <laughs> on Iron Maiden's twelfth album, seventh <laughs> track is "The Fallen Angel," and I think I don't like it, but I've had it in my head for the past twenty-one years. Right? Yeah. What makes you think that, Pete? Um, it's a cut for me. It's fine. It's just fine, though. Like. If I'm rearranging this record, um, my record's going to end up, my maiden record's going to end up around 35 to 40 minutes. And The Fallen Angel, I don't think is making the cut. Fair. And what is I mean, your ruling? You're going to keep it or you're going to cut it? I you're going to cut it, but you're just going to think about it for the next 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think I think that's it. That's, um, that's, that's how this is going to go. I love the, the, the theme. I mean, so so for people who aren't aware... Brave New World is a novel, a book. Um, and then all these song titles, like I think every single song title is based on either parts of the book or other like very famous, you know, sci-fi stuff. But the other side is when you have a hit song like The Trooper, then you have The Mercenary and The Fallen Angel or like our next song, The Nomad. You're always you're always looking for that sequel. You always want that next one, right? Um, the Nomad ain't it. <laughs> Is this your least favorite song? No, no. Um, okay. it's, it's again to the credit of Iron Maiden on most songs. The the my least favorite song is coming. But on most Iron Maiden songs, I think if you like Iron Maiden, you can find something you like about it. Bruce Dickinson vocals, and you know, I'm gonna have to go and listen to Blaze a bit more, I guess. But uh, he has enough going on that you can you can kind of get into it. He's got a lot of personality. 
The music has a lot of personality. When they do it right, those two have such good interplay, the vocals and the music, that yeah. that it creates a really memorable like <clears throat> symbiosis. Um, this song's fine. It's just it's long. It's nine minutes, man. Nine minutes is really long. Nine minutes, man. Like I'm I made like a whole plate of nachos for myself in nine minutes. Like I'm yeah. done. Like I might have even eaten half the plate of nachos at that point, you know? No, I get it. I mean, this one, um this might be my least favorite song on the record. Like it This is trying for Classic Maiden, but I think this is the one that had the least gusto of the well, trying for classic maiden tracks. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, like regardless of what maiden are doing, it always feels very confident in what it's doing. Yes, And, and you can always kind of hum along to, to it and kind of be engaged with it. This is the one song on the record that I feel like at certain points feels kind of like aimless and directionless. Like it doesn't mm. really even know what it's doing. Um, there's a cool build like three quarters of the way through, like it, it has, it has points in it that I like, but it's not enough, especially at this point in the record to like really grab me. And I also feel like, and this is something I did not think about at the time when I first heard it like 20 years ago, 21 years ago, right. but like, but it, 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 it almost seems like Bruce Dickinson is trying to do this like Axl Rose thing. At certain points that like oh, yeah. that I'm that I'm really that. like, ooh, like I don't know about that dude. Yeah. But yeah. He he's at his best when he's doing him. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like and and like this so okay, so this is a, a criticism that I've levied at Reunion Records before, but I think we may have both in, in conversations of, you know, reunion or later records, when a band becomes self referential. I have a whole category of songs that I believe are trying to sound like Classic Maiden. Let yeah. me also be really clear. I don't feel like this is self-referential. I don't think this is like, hey, we were doing something else and now we're trying to come back to this. This is just what Iron Maiden sounds like. And even in that, I don't think Bruce Dickinson was like trying to do anything but be himself in the time that he was. And like, you're right. When he is going for something that's outside of what he does best... Mm, sometimes doesn't always land. I think on this song, it doesn't hit the way it does on others. And the the song I like the least, which is coming, um, is even more flat. And that's where I find I'm like, yo, man, you've got such a cool, dynamic, wild sounding voice that is so recognizable. When you pull out of that range and you do something else, I'm left wanting, you know what I mean? As a listener. Yeah. I feel that. Okay. And I mean, and I, 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 yeah, please. First, so two things. First of all, I'm really, I, I want to guess which song you dislike the yes, most please, out please, of the please. next two. Yes. But the second one is, I, I, when I say that he was trying to do Axl Rose, like, I, I think he was firmly trying to do something outside of his comfort zone. But I also don't know if he was, I don't think he was actually like referencing anything that he had heard. Um, because I think if, if you read anything from Bruce Dickinson, he, his ego is far too large to ever take anything from anyone. Um, he like, he thinks he's the best thing th- since sliced bread and that Iron Maiden is the best thing 
to ever happen to heavy metal, which is like, hey, good vibe for a for a metal band, you know. I mean, I think that's like kind of just the way you have to position yourself. But oh, oh yeah, I mean, I think, but I don't know. Again, it's a, we mentioned that that Iron Maiden sounds confident in what it's doing, and like, I think that's the music, the players, and then if you're the vocalist, you're the lead of this band. Yeah, you goddamn well better. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have every every ounce of that. Okay, uh, guess which is my least favorite song on the record of the final two tracks, uh, track nine, which is "Out of the Silent Planet," and track ten, "The Thin Line Between Love and Hate." Okay, um, I can make a case for both, but I think that "Out of the Silent Planet" is the answer because it's more offensive. No, the thin line Fuck. between love and hate. As uh, my note says, it's all over the place. It feels like it's an hour long, and I'm it's the least <laughs> exciting song on the whole record. Oh, damn it. It's vaguely Renfair, Out of the Silent Planet, also Renfairish, but I, I think I might keep Out of the Silent Planet. I don't know. Um, but the thin line between love and hate really feels like the like the There's sonic, nothing there. No, the sonic equivalent of wrap it up B. Like like <laughs> like it's it'd be like if you were playing a video game on a timer and you couldn't defeat the end boss, so you just kept doing the same like <laughs> level that you could beat, and everybody's like, yo, what are you doing? Just just like, you know, uh shit or get off the pot. Um Thin Line Between Love and Hate is a weak closing track and would just really like uh puts out on the record with a whimper that deserved a bang like this record deserved like a triumphant closing and this just wasn't it yeah out of the silent planet i I think it's known yeah i I think it's pretty good i'm sort of surprised that it was like the second single from this record um but i think it's good I, i actually like the narrative journey through it um so it's on the line for me, but I might keep it. We'll see. I'll go through and give my final keepers at the end here. What are your thoughts on Out of the Silent Planet and the thin line between love and hate? I like Out of the Silent Planet. Um, I mean, again, this is one that's it's inspired by the 1956 movie Forbidden Planet. Um, so it's just like an obvious <clears throat> take where like, I mean, man, like, I've had conversations with friends about this. It's just, it's so funny how you can just literally take a thing like a, someone else's work and just <laughs> write a be tribute like, to it. Yeah. And just write it. And they have literally made a career out of that. Yeah. You know, um, the Klansman, the song that I referenced from mm-hmm. the blaze Bailey era, like you can also just watch, um, uh, the movie Braveheart, for example. Um, same thing, but well, here's my question for you because you said it blows your mind. I don't take it that you're offended, but you are kind of like, how can this happen? Is that correct? Well, it's just it's like, all right. So going back to how Maiden have never been political, yes, I find it really fascinating with them because they seem to be at least one of the bigger bands who have done it where the songs are so sing-alongy and like, like people know the words of these songs. If you go to like, you can watch them play in fucking Rio de Janeiro playing to a quarter of a million people with everyone singing the words. 
And it's really nothing of like any deep meaning. No. You know, it's just like, it's basically them giving you like the cliff notes to Brave New World. Yes. And like that that's like that's just to me it just seems singular among bands like it's usually a, it'll be like this guy's a great lyricist he's you know like like the Smiths for example we brought up earlier yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean the Smiths there's a reason that everyone knows the words to every Smith song like to me it's it's not immediately clear why everyone knows every word to an Iron Maiden song but yet I'm one of those people so um that's all. I mean, like it, it, I really don't mean it as a diss, although people have used that in their criticism of Maiden and of this record in particular, I read a lot of uh, critiques about them where like, you know, this, this record came out, um, not to go too deep on this, but no, it, it came out a, a year before September 11th. Yep. They were touring throughout 2001, 2002. Um, and you know, if you were around for that era, even if you weren't, I mean, I'm sure that if you weren't, you can imagine that it was very politically charged. Um, there were a lot of feelings in the air about different things, about the presidency, about what was happening in the world. And they just have firmly always decided to not exist within that space and just say like, hey, when you're at an Iron Maiden show, when you're listening to an Iron Maiden record, whatever is happening in the outside world is not at play here. You know, I think there's a huge element of escapism that makes it so appealing. Yeah. So I think that that's a draw. You're totally right that they're very, <clears throat> very upfront about the way they do it. And there's no, there's no like smoke and mirrors to what they do with it. But I think largely, <clears throat> there's a lot of artists who do this, oh, um, yeah. especially musicians. There's a lot of references to other kind of things and like theme albums and like, Hey, I heard this cool story and here's what this is about. I think that's really cool, but it's, it is pretty singular the way Maiden just really kind of your example of, of the Brooklyn show and the guy being like, why'd they have to go and make it all political is because even just that dabble, like, He's wrong, clearly. It sounds like a complete doofus. But <laughs> but that was as close as they'd go to the line of discussing politics or even acknowledging that politics exist because when people go to Iron Maiden shows, they're tuning out all that stuff. It's really interesting because it's like, well the audience is responsible for how they react. And that's, I mean that singularly, like each member is responsible for how they react or interpret things. And um, I don't think it's irresponsible for people to appreciate and enjoy escapism. Obviously there's people who are going to it and saying, this is, I hate all that nonsense. But then there's other people who are like, yeah, I mean, I care and I care greatly or these things are important to me or these are part of my life and these issues, et cetera. Right. But I can still get down with Run for the Hills. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, escapism is the point here, right? Like, they, I think they realize their place in all of this. Like, they write music that people get excited about that, hey, like, 
Forget about the fact that your girlfriend broke up with you. Forget about the fact that there's war going on. Forget about all of it. And they play everywhere. I mean, oh yeah, they play war-torn countries. I mean, like there's a documentary about Bruce Dickinson um, when he was doing solo Bruce Dickinson stuff where he played like in a war zone in Eastern Europe. I mean, like these guys are not afraid of any of that stuff, which is, which is, I think, why they're worthy of respect regardless of all the, you know, all the stuff, whether they're getting political or not. It's like they're in it all the time. It's just a matter of acknowledging it and being kind of vocal about their actual opinion on the thing, you know? So I don't know, but yeah, I mean, to your point, like, I don't know. One of my, one of my dad's favorite musicians was Elton John. So I grew up Mm -hmm. listening to him Mm -hmm. and like he did a song called Indian sunset. Um, which was on Mad Men Across the Water. And that was like one of my favorite records, one of my dad's favorite records. I mean, that song is like literally him just writing from the perspective of an, of an Apache Indian. And it's like, what does what does Elton John or like or Bernie Taupin know right. about, about that this. Right. at all? You know, so yeah, I mean, it's all good. I mean, everyone's done it throughout time. Yeah, I and, and I love the creative license for it. You know what I mean? Like, like that's there's going to be people who would take umbrage with that idea that these people could do this but that's where creative license comes in and that's where uh art is a really interesting thing and and i think is important i think that the idea of taking that on is is at least in a curiosity way um interesting if it's not always good or accurate it at least is interesting and uh part of the journey you know what i mean so yeah 100 percent. all right so closing this out, sorry, we no. went on a rant there. No, out of the good. Silent Planet, I, th- I think it's a great song. I think it's worthy of being a single on the record. Um, keeper. Keeper. Um, thin Line Between Love and Hate. I always, this is one too, where like I always really liked it, but, and I, 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 I it does get stuck in my head. Mm. Um, and it kind of has for the last you know, 20 years or whatever that I've known this record, but like, mm. but I, but I understand, I understand your thoughts on it. Like, um, it's really long. Yeah. I feel like, like it's, it meanders as much as anything else on this record, if not more. Yeah. Like, like for a record that could potentially be so strong as an album, it's like a really weak closer. Like they could have mm-hmm. closed with out of the silent planet. And like, that's, that 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 helps you know that helps the album yeah i think so i think if that that close it would have been a stronger closer i don't know if it fits the feel blah 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 but like uh, beggars can't be choosers at that point um, yeah i mean i mean getting in closing it out almost i mean like it's funny i mean you seem to think that the record starts declining at blood brothers so like what is it like a five song record for you? For me, I'll give you my full. Wickerman, Ghost of the Navigator, Brave New World, Blood Brothers, Dream of Mirrors, Out of the Silent Planet. Okay. Um, Fallen Angel is close, but I'm cutting. I'm cutting a lot. I, I cut half the record. And that's to say, I'm not a dyed in the wool Iron Maiden head, because if if I'm being brutal, 
I think I could take the first four songs and be like, cool, I'm out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I I think the first four songs on this are, are pretty damn good. And even Blood Brothers, like, it's good. I just, I I think the first, I think Wicker Man, Brave New World, really strong. Ghost of the Navigator, good. Blood Brothers, pretty good. Um, And I like Dream of Mirrors, just fine. Um, Fallen Angel, you know, uh, and oh no, you know, let me, let me make sure Out of the Silent Planet's on there. That that deserves a spot. So if you did the first four tracks and then Out of the Silent Planet, you're good. I can throw Dream of Mirrors in there and feel feel like I got the full experience. I think it's undeniably front loaded. What does your Brave New World look like, Pete? All right. Um, Again, this one, it's 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 just hard for me to separate because I have so much history with it. Um, regardless of whether I even like the song, I I don't mind it and I'll listen to it and I've listened to it a billion times. But I mean, I love The Wicker Man. I really like Ghost in the Navigator. I really like Brave New World. Um, I really like Blood Brothers. I'll say I really like Out of the Silent Planet. Like I said, the fallen angel has been stuck in my head. I don't even know that I like that song, but for whatever reason, it's it's there in my in my mind. Um, and kind of the same thing with thin line between love and hate. So I think if there are hard cuts for me, it's going to be the mercenary and dream of mirrors. Okay. Okay. And I might I might keep the rest of it. I like maybe it. cut the nomad, but okay. I'm, I'm on the fence. You're on the fence. I appreciate it. Well, let's do the thing that we like to do here. Um, and we'll kind of do it out of order, but why not? What are yeah. the three songs we're putting on the In Search of Tracks Spotify playlist as we do? How many songs? And I think three is appropriate. I think three is appropriate. I mean, I guess it depends on the length. Okay, good good point. I think Wicker Man should be on there. Agreed. Okay, so Wicker Man is one of them. Uh, Brave New World. Are we too on the nose with that? So here's the thing. Are we going to go with the Wicker Man and Blood Brothers? Oh. Because those are those are like the songs that I think Maiden would choose. Okay. Or do we pick our own songs? Like I'm not mad at Blood Brothers as being the song on here because I don't want to be too obvious either. Um, what would you pick? It, if you were picking two songs, what are the two songs you'd pick? Well, here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> my brain clearly would put Fallen Angel on it. Wow. But I don't know if I yeah, even you're, want you're the listeners years, to... Yeah, your 20 years of the Fallen Angel are yeah. on there. I don't Man. know if the listeners even deserve that, though. I mean, I you know, I I like everyone listening to this podcast. Yeah, I, I don't want to like. I know you don't want to put this upon them. All yeah, right, I don't want to make this a challenge for them. Let's. Uh, the fallen angel is out there as a challenge. Um, first person who responds, which <laughs> I, we have at least four or five people, they get to decide if it goes on there as our third track. What are the two tracks we're putting on? Yeah, Wicker Man. I would do Brave New World. I would do Blood Brothers. I could hear an argument for Out of the Silent Planet. I could hear that. I could hear an argument for Ghost and Navigator. I could. Okay. I am going to vote. I'm gonna it's not my favorite, and I said I feel like there's a decline, but I'm voting Blood Brothers. Okay. 
I'm saying Wicker Man and Blood Brothers, and then whoever gets to us first with the fallen angel will decide if they that if Pete's blessing and curse is uh, hoisted <laughs> upon anyone who chooses to to join the In Search of Tracks uh, Spotify playlist. Awesome. All right, we're with it. All right. um, let's go through the uh, our rating system. Rating system. So, um, is it too long, Bob? Yes. But only a little bit. And uh, it's not too long for an Iron Maiden record. It's just that uh, a lot of Iron Maiden records are too long. So it's just a little too long. Yeah. No, agreed. Too long. Um, I don't even know what the average length of a Maiden record is. This doesn't feel too much longer than that. But um, yeah, it drags. Yeah. How's the album flow? It's actually great. I mean, I I think most Iron Maiden records flow pretty well. Um. It's not disjointed. There's no like real like, could it be better? Sure. But is it bad? No, not at all. Yeah, no, it works. I mean, for what it is. Again, it's long, so it suffers from that. But yeah. Um, Do you think uh, the quality of the songs and lyrics, memorable songs, how do they stand up against their contemporaries? And I might pivot this. How do they stand up against the rest of the Maiden catalog? Um, How do they stand up against their contemporaries? I think they stand up much better mm. than most of their contemporaries. Um, I'm thinking of like Judas Priest, for example. Yes. Agreed. I think Maiden's, I think Maiden's catalog is much stronger than Priest overall. Um, uh, sorry, what was the second question? Uh, how do the songs stand up against their own catalog against Oh, against their own catalog. Um, I mean, for a record that is their 12th album to add two solid songs to the uh, traditional playlist, that's pretty good. Yeah, so so here's what I'll say. Um, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son is arguably my favorite Maiden record. Wow. Wow. Hot take, I guess, maybe. That's a hot take, dude. That's a hot take. It's not really. It's not really. Really? But... Yeah, it's not. What? Are you kidding me? Whatever. I mean, listeners, argue with me. Is it? Is it a hot take? I don't think so. Seventh son of a seventh son. Like, okay, seventh all right, son we'll, we'll a- get into it. I mean, <laughs> I think anything, anything, to me, it's like uh, Number of the Beast or uh, Killers. Anything no, outside no. of those. I'm wrong? Yeah, wrong answer. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm with it. I love it. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I mean, listen. Seventh son of a seventh son is. There are a few things in life I know a lot about. I know know a lot lot about this. this. Yeah. All right. So yeah, seventh son best record. Um, Wow. Sometimes it might be somewhere in time, but it depends on the day. Wow. So (laughs) that being said, um, Brave New World is firmly the strongest Maiden record since Seventh Son. Okay. And. Since Brave New World, the only record that can compete with this in any way is a matter of life and death. Um, so it measures up pretty well against all of their other records. I mean, I think it's it's within the top 10 Maiden albums, it's like always going to be number 9, 10, 11, depending on... Okay. How do you feel about all of this? I love this. Could you give me a rough... Give me your top five Maiden albums. Oh, geez. Okay. Just roughly. 
By the way, while you're thinking, I want to go through this and just because I did this while we've been talking and you were saying that Seventh Son of a Seventh Son is the best Iron Maiden record. Um, Are we counting live albums? No, because that brings in, I, though I know I know the live records for Iron Maiden rock and people yeah, because, love them because they're essentially greatest hits and the band rips on the records. Yeah, because if I have to, if I actually have to give an answer to my favorite Maiden record, it's Live After Death. Yeah, right, right. Which I think that actually would be a lot of people. No, let's do studio albums. So, uh, self-titled is thirty-seven minutes. Killers, thirty-eight minutes. Number of the Beast, thirty-nine minutes. Peace of Mind, forty-five minutes. Power Slave, fifty-one minutes. Somewhere in Time. Hold on. Uh, 51 minutes, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, 43 minutes, just under 44. No Prayer for Dying, 43, 42, Fear of the Dark, 57, 58, The X Factor, 70, 54, <laughs> Virtual, era. Yeah, yeah, Virtual 11, 53, 22, Brave New World, 66, 57, Dance of Death, 67, 57, Matter of Life and Death, 71, 53, Final Frontier, which will be where I stop, uh, seventy six thirty four. Uh, just do Book of All Souls. Right, Book of Souls. Only one left. Book of Souls. Ninety two eleven. It's their first triple album, Bob. <laughs> it's the first. It's the first triple album. Uh, is it any good? Yes. Oh my god, I love it. I love how much you love Iron Maiden. All right. Um. Uh. Wow. Um, so what? You wanted my rough top? Yeah, five? give me your rough top five. Rough top five. Seventh son of a seventh son. Power slave and somewhere in time are neck and neck. Um, depending on the day, I could say either one. Okay. Um, peace of mind. Okay. Number of the beast. Okay. That's five. Wow. I I I are you on any like Iron Maiden uh fan forums or anything? Because the seventh son of a seventh son take is really fascinating. That's not a hot take. If it's you not. ask, if you okay. if you ask, if you ask like deep fans, it's I'm, not. I love it. I love it. Okay, that's rad. Okay, I'm I'm excited for this. Um, so, um, so yeah, this is it's, it's a good record. We're saying the Can quality. Can I play with madness? Good. That song sucks. I'm sorry. It, yeah, it does. But like, hey. But, but then from there, it 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 steps up. It's no, the whole thing steps up. It's just that (laughs) people have a bad idea of that record because that song is the single. This is the the first single, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm I'm going to give it a fair shot because I don't know that I've ever really listened to it. So, um, the music video is fun though. Watch the music video. Okay. Um, so this is an interesting question with Iron Maiden timelessness. Does this record strictly exist in a time and place, or does it influence impact? Does this record feel timeless to you, Brave New World? Um, no. Does not, not feel timeless. All. No, no. I mean, th- this is this record is strictly for people who are already familiar with Iron Maiden. There's, yeah. th- yes, they're they're not ma- they're not making any new fans with this. It's uh, if you like Maiden, there's something here for you. But if not you're you're never going to hear this. Yeah, and Iron Maiden um has a little bit of a time and place, but it's almost like it's been disconnected from the time stream. So Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, I, I feel like um 
like again, I saw them on this tour. Yes. And it was really impactful for me. Yes. Um and I'm and actually I remember like being at that show and seeing like dads bringing their kids and like families there and I mean, but they're one of those bands that it is it's it's really like generational where like I feel like they're a band that's passed down generation to generation. Like my dad was a Maiden fan kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, that's fascinating. And that's, that's cool, but it's totally, that's totally a thing. So, so maybe there are kids who got into Maiden because, you know, but this isn't, I'm, this isn't attracting new fans who no, are just hip with no. whatever music. And it felt no. even at the time. And like upon listening to it now, if you were to listen to this record compared to other records, both in and in, heavy metal in metal in aggressive music in pop music this record would feel like an anachronism you know so totally um presentation artwork rollout does the art the artwork's great i think it's fucking great i think it's um touch it feels like a touch more back to the true to form maiden records than the previous three or so is that is that fair yeah, I don't know the artist names, and that's that's unfair of me. I should. Some um, of them change, though. So yeah, they. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like at a certain point, they lost the original artist, and yes. I think then they like they had a few different artists over over that period of time. So like, I think it's great, um, but it definitely like the artwork didn't age all that well. It doesn't look particularly good uh derek riggs is the iron maiden artist so he actually did the top of the art the bottom Ah. half was done by a digital artist which kind of makes sense yeah that that looks right yeah that makes sense yeah okay all right um yeah i think the artwork's cool um does it fit the music yeah fuck yeah it fits the music created this (laughs) as long as eddie's there it fits the music yes okay um with that said what are you rating this record, Pete? I am going to give it a three. Okay. I'm going to give it a man. Maybe damn. I think I'm going three as well. Um, if you if you asked me before listening to this for this episode, I probably would have said a four. I think you would have. I might even. You know what? I'm going to go. Damn, I don't. I can't give it a two and a half. I'm going to give it a three. I think it's a good record. And if you like Iron Man, it's a really good record. If you don't give a fuck about Iron Man, but you're open to it, it's a pretty good record. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think it's it's a fun listen. And despite the length being an hour and six minutes, and I we both acknowledge it's a little too long. It doesn't. It breezes through. There's a couple parts. Only only at the end am I feeling the length. Um, but really, through the first even seven songs, I feel like you're clicking right through. You know, yeah. it's it's no it's no strain. So we're yeah. both giving it threes. And do you own this record on vinyl, Pete? Yes. Do you own every Maiden album on vinyl? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> uh, will I be adding this to my collection? I, I don't. I also I also own the Ed Hunter CD-ROM video game from like. 1998 wow. or something wow. so yeah um, i got lots of maiden bob you got well we we are going to revisit the maiden topic at large um i don't think i'm i'm adding this to my collection but it did remind me that i that i like iron maiden more than i think i do um can i phrase that in a different way please if you found this record 
for 15 bucks in the used bin. The vinyl copy. Yeah, yeah. And it looks nice. Yeah, clean copy. Clean copy. Are you buying it? Yeah, I'll buy it. 15, 15. bucks? For sure. Yeah. I'm, if I'm it's 20? It. 20, I'm thinking not. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the magic number at 15. 20, I'm like, uh, what else do we got in here? Yeah, um, but okay. 15, it's a clean copy. After this experience, I'm adding it. Uh, your your love of Iron Maiden is infectious. I'm excited to explore <laughs> more. Uh, everybody follows at TraxPod. Email us TraxPod at gmail.com. Pete, any closing words? Listen to Maiden, man. Up the irons. I'm